is another episode of Bees Pod, and I'm Mem, and uh, I'm recording this intro just after Barnett's 5-1 loss against Eastleigh, and I kind of wish I'd edited this uh, great Trevor Nell interview with Kelly Haig before today. I've been putting it off, just other things have come up, and then I said I'm going to do it in, on Saturday night, I'll have a bit of time then, and then we had the game today. Um... I'm not sure if we're going to do any kind of review show for for the game today because I don't know if we want to go into the depth. This Barnet team clearly is, is unprepared. Everything's been done last minute. And I'm not sure what benefit there would be to analyse the performance today and analyse some of the players. And potentially it might be better if we just give it a few games before we start looking at it and start sort of deciding on, on which players we like how I think how we think the team's doing but it was pretty crap today um, I didn't expect us to win but to lose 5-1 uphill ch- challenge for Peter Beadle um, and I think let's just see let's just see let's hope these players can get fit let's hope these players can learn how to play with each other um, for now for now and um, and hopefully we can get a bit of positivity and hopefully we can get a bit of hope back in the team. One thing I would say is Ephraim Mason-Clark was exceptional today and Eastley were just kicking lumps out of him. But he was good. Wes, I thought, was quite bright. JJ Hooper, less said about defence, the better. Um, anyway, this interview with um, Kelly Haig by Trevor Nell I was at the Chelsea game. I remember I was sitting in the Chelsea end because two of my mates were Chelsea fans and jumping up and clearly making it quite clear to the people around me that I was Barnet. And from that point on, wake up in sweat some nights just thinking, what if only Kelly Haig had just got his toe on that ball? So Trevor gets, you know, gets to the bottom of the stories around Kelly's very short spell at Barnet. Um, it's a really interesting interview, actually. Um, he's an interesting guy, Kelly. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Right, OK. We're live on Facebook now. So, Kelly, thank you very much for taking the time this morning to pop along and have a chat with me. Um, obviously, a lot of um, Barnet fans would be uh, interested. And to be quite honest, you're one of the people that they've actually wanted on a podcast or on a video interview, pretty much specifically about that Chelsea game. Um, of course, yeah, of course, we'll come to that, um, you know, as we go through and everything. Um, for those of you who, who don't know, um, Kelly spent a year at Barnet, probably uh, the most turbulent time in the club where it almost completely dropped out the Football League. Um, and Kelly spent a year there when Gary Phillips had to get a scratch team together very, very, very quickly. Um, the season wasn't a great success, but there were a few highlights, weren't there, Kelly, which obviously we'll come to a bit later. Yeah. Uh, obviously for you, started off at Brentford. Was yep. it YTS in those days or was it something slightly different? Yeah, no, it was, no, it was YTS. Yeah, started there. Um, all through my school life, I was at Spurs as a schoolboy for five yep. years. Um, and then when it came to crunch time to leave school um, and get given an apprenticeship, YTS, um, they released me at Brentford, which was a big blow because I, I was a group of about three or four boys that had been there for about five years and had yeah. seen hundreds come and go. So, you know, I just thought that I would definitely get, get given um, a YTS. But anyway, they, they released me. Um, 
and it was at the same sort of time as um, Steve Perriman left Tottenham. I think he went to Oxford first for a little while, and yeah. then he took over at Brentford as manager. And he just took wow. me. I don't know how, how he knew about me getting released by Spurs, but basically, I just went to Brentford. Didn't have to have a trial or anything. They just signed me, and it just went from there. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and, and, and done two, done a two-year apprenticeship there, and then done a year pro there. Yeah. So when you were at Spurs, who did you have sort of growing up with the likes of you then? Right. Well, I, in, a year younger than me was Neil Smith, who we just spoke about. Yeah. yeah also, also, yeah. Also, Bradley Allen. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was a year below me. The year above me was Ian Gilzine. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Year, year below me was Ian Walker, the goalie. Yeah. Um, in my age group, I don't think anyone went on to to make it. To be fair, a few players went into non-league. Um, no, no one, no one stands out. I don't think there was a player that went on to have have a career in football. Whereas at Brentford in my youth team, yeah. there was five five of us that went on to have a career, which I'll come, I'll tell you about in a second. Okay, um, five of a Brentford youth team to have a career in football is is something to be fair. Yeah, I think um, at that level, we sort of the equivalent of League One or League Two at that time. Of le- yeah, it was yeah, it was League One. Yeah, it was League One. League one. Yeah. So who were the five who went on to have a good career? Right. Then? So so we had Ashley Bays in goal. Yes, yeah. St- he's still involved in football. I think I think he might be at Wimbledon. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, centre half was Jason Cousins, who played for uh, Wickham, Wickham Wanderers yes. for, for about 10, 12 years. Yeah. He played in that semi-final cup game um, against. I can't remember who they played now, but anyway, yeah, yeah, Jay- worse yeah, I think yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, so Jason Cousins, and then in the centre of mid, we had Paul Buckle. Yes, who's yeah. Been, who's been manager? Who I keep in contact with. He, yeah. um, he's out in America at the moment. <laughs> Okay. Um, who obviously has been manager of Luton, Cheltenham, Bristol Rovers, and Torquay. Um, and up front was me and Marcus Gale. Marcus Gale, yes. Marcus yeah. Gale, yeah. Who I've just just become friends with, funny enough. All right. In the last couple of months on um, on Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah great so, career so, he had at Wimbledon and um, yeah. the at Brentford itself. He was really yeah. close to didn't he? Yeah, Rangers, Rangers, and Watford. But he's actually um, Brentford's ambassador now as well. Ah, um, which is perfect going to that brand new stadium as well absolutely so I'm hoping to meet up with him at some point and uh, hopefully get some tickets to go to the Brentford new ground because I'm tapping a little boy there yeah it does Definitely. look really good doesn't it I mean obviously yeah. you know Griffin Park itself was unique in itself with the four pubs on the corner um, yeah, I never yeah. saw Barnet win there um, no. we always play very badly yeah. Um, you know, as it goes, but um, you know, these days you've got to move with the times, haven't you, to keep up with everyone else? Yeah, Staying yeah, definitely. But I, I also want to take my youngest boy to Griffin Park because I've not been back there for about twenty years, um, okay. and I wanted to go and see it before whatever they do with it before they knock yeah. it down or whatever. And we was meant to go and watch the Cholton game, I think, on the tenth of April. Yeah, we was meant to go and watch that game. But then it got cancelled, obviously for for obvious reasons. Um, so I'm just hoping at some point I can go back. And just have a little little look, look around the ground and show my little boy where it all started, basically. It probably would be um, nice if they had, if they were able to do just a few tours to you know exactly. That's what, would be lovely. That's what yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. To, to do. You only managed oh, five first team games before you got released in sort of 1990. What sort of yeah. other players did you come up against at that sort of time that you stuck out? And thought well, he's actually quite good and went on to have a decent career. In what when I was at Brentford when or you were at Brentford? Yeah. Um, Dean Holdsworth was he was a couple of years older than me. They just they brought him in from Watford. Yeah. So he come in and hit the he hit the ground running straight away. He started scoring goals straight away, and he made that number nine shirt his own at Brentford. Yeah. And then the rest is history. You've seen what career he had. Yeah. Um, 
he was probably the, the, the standout one, Dean Holdsworth. There was a few. Oh, Andy Sinton was there. Remember Andy yeah. Sinton? Yeah, went to QPR, yeah, QPR on Tottenham, yeah. And Spurs, he was obviously quite a few years older than me. Ian Holloway, he was there. When I was yeah. when I first went to Brentford, I remember Ian Holloway was 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 a pro there. He was quite quite good to work with. Neil Smiley, remember Neil Smiley? Yes, do, he played yeah. for Brighton, him yeah. as well. Um yeah, there was there was a listen, there was there was quite a few there was quite a few good pros there. Remember Terry Evans, the big the big centre arm? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Him and him and Keith Millen at the back. Yes, um, Keith Millen, yeah, he had a really long career at Brentford, didn't he? Yeah. But last like I say, I got I got released by Brentford um after one season. They actually offered me a two year a two year pro. Yeah. Um but I only took I only took a one year. Okay. School probably a schoolboy error at the time. Yeah. Um but I only took it it was to do with money. It weren't much, but they offered me more money in the second year yeah. than they did the first year, obviously. Yeah. I said, Can I just take a year on this on the money that you offered me in the second year? So so I only signed right. for a year and and I had a little I had a little fallout with um with uh, Phil Older and Steve Perriman. And anyway, they released me. Um and then I went on trial at Fulham. Yeah. Um with Ray Lewin. Ray Lewington was in charge yeah. at the time. Yeah. Went to went to Fulham and I remember it. I I played one one game for them, friendly away at Cole Shorten. Yeah, um, did quite well. And then I had a couple of training sessions with them. And in one particular training session, uh, Ray Lewington took me on my own to do a shoot, do shooting practice with one of my good friends who had a good career in football. Well, Udo Omwari, who's yeah, now a sports yeah. who's now a sports lawyer. He is, isn't took, it? Yeah. Yeah. He took me to do some shooting practice with Udo over the back of the training field, and it was the Best shooting practice I've ever done. I was just hitting everything in the top corner, bottom corner, and they yeah. signed me after that. Literally, <laughs> off, off, off the strength of that that shooting practice that I did, they they signed me. They offered me a contract after that after that training session. Offered offered me a year. Yeah. Um, and I'd done really well in my first year. I was in and out of the first team, um, mainly playing in the reserves and scored quite a lot of goals in the reserves. Um, and then at the end of the season, they offered me a two-year contract. And I signed signed two years for him. Um, done really well in my first year. Um, at the start of the second year, um, I picked up a knee injury. I had to have my cartilage out, and I was out for right. about three or four months. Yeah. And in the meantime, and yeah, in the mean, in the meantime, uh, Don McKay took over as manager, and it just yeah. affected my chances really. Um, I had a lot of problems with trying to come back from that injury. I didn't actually start playing. So I had the injury in pre season. I didn't start playing again till February. Which was coming towards the end of the season, um, yeah. and they, they, they again they they released me at the end of the season. Um, my last ever game, funny enough, for Fulham was a reserve match at White Hart Lane, um, <laughs> and we but we beat them two one, and me and me and Udo scored, me and Udo won, and where he scored, and yeah. I've I've still actually got that program on a on a the team sheet on a piece of paper at home somewhere. Um, so yeah, got released from Fulham. I went out to Germany for a little while. Yeah. Um, for a team and went on trial for a team called Bayer Erdenham. Yeah. But I, I didn't like it out there at all. They didn't make me feel welcome or anything. I, obviously, I couldn't speak the language, didn't understand it, and just didn't enjoy it. Wanted to come back ASAP. Um, and then got a phone call from Gary Phillips, who, by the way, I didn't tell you, I knew from Brentford as well. Of course. When yes, I was, yeah. yeah. When I was at where's I, when I was an apprentice at Brentford, um, he was a he was the goalie, so he remembered me from there. Um, he gave me a phone call. Like you said just now, the club was in turmoil at the time. Stan Flashman and Dre Fry had all left. All the players had left, so they had to bring in a new team together. Um, I think I played... I think we played Lincoln City away. Um, 
in a pre-season friendly and we drew nil-nil at an average game um, and Gary Phillips offered me a contract in the showers <laughs> after the game. That's standard was, Gary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He offered me a contract in, in, and I just, took, I just took it straight away. And I, listen, I loved, my, I loved my time at Barnet for the first part of it anyway. Um, yeah. Loved it until, um, until Gary stepped down and Ray Clements took over. Yeah. Up, and, up until that point, loved it. Really enjoyed it. Um, and of up? course, it, yeah, sorry, sorry, go on. I'm saying, and, and of course, it was the first time I'd actually played for a club near near my home. Obviously, travelling to Brentford and Fulham was yeah. quite a bit of travelling involved. But Brentford, it was easy. Um, used to um, travelling with Gary Smith. Remember Gary Smith? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's, who's manager of Nashville now in, in yeah, the MLS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, used to travelling with Gary Smith for the first few months. And then he got that bad injury at Cardiff City. Yeah, he did, and then yeah. I, then, yeah, and then I used to meet up with um, Carl Hoddle, um, Sean Close and yeah. Paul Wilson. Yeah, good names um, there. Yeah, us four used to travelling together. Yeah, and that, yeah. Really good times. Right, just to go back to Fulham, um, obviously you had some good names to play with there, especially up front. Gordon Davis, Leroy yeah. Wilson used to learn from. Yeah. Obviously you played with Peter Scott and Mark Newson, who you would later yeah. with a bar yeah. the following year. Yeah, still friends with Mark Newson as well, yeah. Oh yeah, is he still knocking yeah. around somewhere? He's... he's Doing something, he was doing something at Palace. I yeah, think he's, I, I think he's, I think he's, yeah, I think he's doing something at West Ham as well. I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't spoke to him since before lockdown. So. And then yeah. I'm looking at the Fulham team as well. From the time you were there, was it? it was very much the same sort of team as well. So was it that something that squad you the, the manager was getting a lot out of that he didn't need to change it too much? Fulham, you know what? There were so many players coming and going at Fulham. It was. Honestly, I, we had so many players coming coming in on loan. Andy Cole came on loan to us, you know. Yes, I remember. Yeah, Andy Cole played thirteen games for us. Right, he didn't score one goal, but set up set up loads. Yeah, one particular game, going back to Maidstone. One particular yes. game, we played we played Maidstone away in the cup on a Wednesday yes. night. Yeah, six we, two, we, wasn't it? We won six two. Yeah. I, I come off the bench and scored two. Yeah, Andy Cole didn't score a goal, but he set up all six. Did he? Yeah, and I've got I've actually got that game on video somewhere up in the loft. <laughs> yeah, on video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can remember that one. So I think that, I think that was the last year Maidstone were a league side, so they weren't that strong. Or, or it might have been the year before. I can't remember. I remember the result. The result just yeah. stood out. You know. Yeah, it was. Turn off and lose six two at home. Yeah, yeah, it was about nineteen nine. I reckon that was about nineteen ninety two ish. Yeah, and when you got released by Fulham, do you think that was a bit of a refresh for the whole team, not just yourself that year? No, I think going back, it was probably. I think harsh. I was harshly released because, um, like I say, the, the injury had affected me, and I'd, I'd been out for quite a few months. Um, didn't start playing again until February, but then when I did start playing again, I was mainly in the reserves, but was still scoring goals um, and just and just got released, um, which was which was I was devastated at the time. To be fair, so you know I'd been at Fulham for three years, yeah, um, and I was hoping to you know get another an extended contract, but it wasn't to be, and then obviously. Went to, went to the Barnet, so I was also I was also devastated to, to get released from Barnet as well. To be fair, I, you know, I thought I thought I'd earned the right to get get another contract at, at, at Brentford at, uh, at, Barnet, at, at Barnet. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's gone off. The picture's gone off. You know. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry though. People can. Right, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so when you first arrived at, at, at Barnet, when Gary gave you the call, um, how how was it at the club when you arrived? How many players were actually there? Literally, I think left over from the Barnet team the previous season was a handful. Cole Hoddle, yeah. Yeah. 
Paul Wilson. Yeah. Um, a, a, a young boy called Tim Alexander. Yes. Um, Tony Lynch. Uh, Tony Lynch, yeah. Lynch, he was there, yeah. Andy Pike. Um, Andy Pike, the goalie, yeah. Um, and who else? We had a, we had a mixed race centre-half. forgot his name. Dave Barnett. Yes, him. Yeah. And that was it. And that was it. And all the rest of us were, uh, were new Cooper. players. Jeff Cooper. Jeff Cooper, yes. Jeff and Cooper. And Nicky Evans. Yeah, oh God, yeah, cool. How do I forget them two? You can't <laughs> get God, can you? And obviously, yeah. uh, Mark Carter was there for a short spell, wasn't he? he used, yeah, he, he, he used to... Mark Carter, he, he didn't used to train. He used to just turn up for games. Like, yeah. Because he lived up north, I think. That's he used right, to just come right, down yeah. for the come down for the games but he never trained with us but used to come down for games but yeah no listen um, Jeff Cooper and Nicky Evans got two top blokes over. I really like them yeah but and the rest um, of the rest the rest of us were all new yeah yeah and uh, obviously was, was it sort of chaos an organised mess or what really no not really um, it was quietly well organised Gary Phillips had got a couple of um, coaches in to help out we were training behind there was a field behind uh, the, the Underhill ground yeah. We started training there. Yeah. Um, I don't remember it being a mess. I just remember, I just remember it being very happy that I was playing for a team close to where I was brought up in Enfield. Okay. Um, and not having to travel too far. I was, I was, I was, I was happy. Um, and it weren't, it weren't long before we moved moved to a training ground in Edgware. Yeah. Which was a big, massive open field. I remember. Um, yeah, and like I say. I, Circumstances, put, you know, any any team that's just thrown together at the start of the season, they're going to struggle. And we did, we did struggle, yeah. as you know. Yeah. We did struggle for quite a lot of the games, but a lot of the games as well. If you look back, we was only losing by the odd goal, and a lot yes. of, we was given that we was giving away a lot of goals in the last, literally, last five minutes of games. Yeah, that's what we literally, yeah, we was literally losing by the odd goal quite a lot of the time in the first two months. Um, yeah. But the team spirit and everything, I remember, was brilliant. It was really, and Gary Gary Phillips was a top top guy. Yeah, he is as, a very, as, very nice as a as a player manager. He's, I mean, his man management skill, skills second to none. Yeah. Like, brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Did you sort really of maybe think though that <clears throat> at one point the corner was going to turn because you had a lot of experienced players: Alan Walker, Mark Newson, Peter Scott, Paul Haylock when he came in, Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that maybe that that last five, ten minutes when the concentration seemed to go, um, yeah. the corner was going to turn at some point, but it never did. Never, never did. Um, like I was saying, we, we, we played that, that game, obviously, against Chelsea in the FA Cup um, just after Christmas, drew nil-nil, um, and then obviously lost in the replay 4-0. And literally, for that replay game, Gary Phillips stepped down and Ray Cummins took over. And then for me, things weren't the same after that. I was left out of the side and... Didn't get on with Ray Clements for whatever reason, um, and and I got released at the at the end end of that season. But yeah, no, I, I, I think me personally, I think if Gary Phillips would have stayed in charge, I'm not saying we would have stayed up, got out of it. But me personally, I would have definitely got given another contract, and I, I believe I still would have carried on scoring goals. I think I ended up with ten goals that season, and I didn't yep. play a game after Christmas. No. So if I'd have carried on playing after Christmas, even if I'd got another five goals. I would have ended up scoring 15 goals in a team that come bottom of the league, which ain't yeah. bad. No, it's good. But I don't, didn't get given the chance. No. Well, going back a, just a little bit further, obviously the cup games that season, as you mentioned, yeah. with Chelsea and that were fantastic. Going back to the League Cup, obviously, South End first, we managed to knock them out. And then yeah. 
scoring QPR and a QPR team that had led yeah. Ferdinand, Darren Peacock, Trevor. Yeah. Um, very Ray Wil- the late Ray Wilkins as well. Of course, yes. Yeah, controlling things. Very, um, very. They, they were the best team in London at the time. They were a very yeah, good team. very good, weren't they? And obviously, that yeah. first game at, at Underhill there, we, you know, we conceded a couple of sloppy goals, but then Tony Lynch scored that cracker to get us back yeah. into it. Was there a, a tiny bit of belief of going to Loftus Road and thinking if we keep it tight and quiet, we might spring a little upset? <laughs> you know what? There <laughs> actually was. It, was I, there? A silly, thing, silly thing to say because obviously we were bottom of the league and whatever. Yeah. But like I say, because we had such a good... Uh, Good, good team spirit and stuff. Yeah, there was a little bit of little bit, little bit of belief, even though um, they at the time were the best team in London. They were better than Chelsea. We played Chelsea, like I say, later on that season. They were yeah. better than Chelsea. They had a very good try. I tell you, who played up front for them as well in that game that when they beat us four 0 at Loftus Road. Yeah, Bradley Allen played up front with Les Ferdinand, oh, and Brad, yeah. who I spoke about early on. Yeah, and he he scored a hat trick in that game. I think. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, that's a good memory. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously into the FA Cup as well. Um, when we obviously played Carl Schultz and Gary brought in Zeke Rowe yeah. from, from Chelsea. Yeah, that's it, how, yeah. How beneficial was it to you to have someone else up front to help out with a, you know, a bit of talent as well? Yeah, listen, I think me and Zeke, me and Zeke hit it off straight away. Mm. Uh, yeah. um, I scored a few goals with him playing up front with me in that little spell. Yeah. I think just before Christmas, November sort of time, the, the yeah. month of November actually it was, when we played Carl Schultz. That's right, I scored yeah. in that game. Yeah. I, I scored quite a lot of goals in that month and I was on fire. I was yeah. doing really well. Yeah. So I, I think I scored against Port Vale, Cole Shorten, Rotherham, um, and, York. and York City away, yeah, penalty. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, me and, me and Zeke kid it off well together. Um, you know, I, I don't know where Zeke is now, to be fair. No, no, no clue. No, I um, don't either. I, I, I've had to look around to see if he is about somewhere, but um, yeah. yeah. But he's not. Yeah, yeah he was a. Obviously, I was 23, 24 years old at the time. Zeke was younger. I think he was yeah. like twenty. He was like twenty years old. I think. Um, so yeah, no, I don't know where he where he went on to play. And then obviously to Crawley, and that awful pitch we went there. God, um, yes, of course. <laughs> that that afternoon, ironically, actually, I was in the Crawley end because I someone I oh, knew, was yeah yeah someone I knew through youth football um, yeah. was able to get me a ticket. But obviously, with him being in Crawley and obviously Barnett's low allocation. Um, I could never get to Underhill to get a ticket because you know, you know, a couple of hours journey just to go yeah. and do that. So I, so I stayed, stood in the Crawley end. Right, uh, okay. But I had, a, I had a very good view of everything because I was right behind Zeke's overhead kick. Yeah. And then of course, Carl Odell scored, didn't he? Rest yeah. in peace, bless him. Yeah, yeah. Um, with that fantastic free kick and the infamous "hodled by name, hodled by nature" as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but that was quite a professional kind of performance from a team again that although three months into the season was still very kind of mm. thrown together yeah um, you know on an awful pitch ready for an upset absolutely yeah. I think a lot of people were looking for an upset because it was on the BBC I think that game I yes, think, was, um, yeah. I think yeah. Carl Oddle done an interview after the game um, yeah. no that, that was actually a good win and off the strength of that um, we got the draw against Chelsea which was yeah. which was brilliant and of course um, we went from being the Giants in round two at Crawley to the under yeah. round three at Chelsea exactly and Carl Hoddle, um, Carl Hoddle's brother, Glenn, was the manager of Chelsea at the time. Yeah, so they made they made a big thing of it. I remember we stayed in the um, we stayed in the Royal Lancaster Hotel on the Friday night. Yeah. Um, before the game, I remember getting up in the morning and we went for a walk in Hyde Park because it's yeah. right on Hyde Park, the Royal Lancaster Hotel. Yeah. Went for a walk in Hyde Park and then we came back and then they made a big thing of it. We got on the coach and this guy was 
a famous face on the telly back then. I can't remember his name, but he was like the head man on ITV. And he come on the coach and interviewed a few of the players all the way to Stanford Bridge from, from Bayswater. Yeah. Um, making, it a, like, making it a big thing about, obviously, the two huddles playing against each other. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant day. Um, that was one of the best days in my football career, to be fair. Um, and, um, and obviously... Sorry, go on. No, I'm saying, obviously, then we go to Stanford Bridge. Um, I think the crowd was about 23,000, 24,000. Yep. Yep. One end of the ground was shut because they was refurbing it. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, and we got, a nil, we got a nil-nil draw. And I could have yeah. run it right at the end. Yeah, that charge, we have to talk about that because I saw it comes up in Barnet folklore. It's like, why wasn't Kelly there? Why didn't he wear bigger boots? Why hasn't he got bigger feet? You know, Everyone, everyone I meet, when we, <laughs> if they talk about that, that's what they say. Well, yeah. they go if it went in against Chelsea. It could have changed... Yeah. Could have. It could have changed everything in my career. I, I think it would have done. Yeah, I, mean, right. I mean, how close were you to it? Do you? Well, I'll tell you what, it was very similar to. Yeah. It, do you remember the Paul Gascoigne one in 1996? Yeah. Exactly the same as that. That close. Yeah, exactly mm. the same as that it was. Um, I think Sean, I think we broke on the counter-attack. Sean yep. close out wide. Yeah. I think I was running in the middle with Frank Sinclair, I think. Yeah. And he put the, put the ball across and I just missed it by toe. Yeah. That was last seconds of the game. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think as well, to be honest, it wouldn't have just changed yours. It would have changed probably Glenn Hoddles because they weren't, they were struggling in the Premier League at that yeah. time when we yeah. played them. Um, yeah, yeah. But maybe, maybe Chelsea might not have had the success they've had now mm. based on that one chance. Yeah, listen, it would have changed everything. It probably would have, like you say, who knows what would have happened to Glenn Hoddle. Who yeah. knows what would have happened to Gary Phillips. He might have kept his job. Yeah. Um, you just don't know, do you? No. It's just thin line in football. Yeah. Now, your video's gone. Can you still see mine? I can't see a thing. My phone My my phone is blank. I want to get the... Right. <laughs> what, do I, what do I press? Um, I'm not quite sure because I haven't sure, done I don't it on the phone. But all I was going to say was actually, is like, and I'll show the people on Facebook, is yeah. I've got the Chelsea programme from that article. Right. Oh, okay. On the back of it, funny yeah. enough, is, if people can see it, and I don't know if it will show up very well because of the sunshine, is there is a signature on there from one Kelly Hogg. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I find your your programme, did I? Yeah, of all, wow. of all things. I was like, wow. Um, but yeah, there we go. So people can see yes. that on, on on Facebook. If you actually go and find my Facebook page afterwards, Kelly, you will be able to see I'm, it. So. I, I, I'm actually not on Facebook, so I'll have to go That's fine. That's fine. My, my, my daughter's on it, so I'll have yeah. to go on my daughter's and have a look. That's fine. But yeah, I, I found that was quite ironic when I was going through my programmes and obviously pulled that one out. Um, yeah. to do some research on, on Barnet and oh actually yeah. there's Kelly signature on the back um, there was no winning five before that first game what was Gary's expectation facing Chelsea that afternoon well when we when we when we fight when we in the yeah, first game you mean yeah, yeah, first just, game, yeah. just go out there I can't, obviously I can't remember but like I say because we we were at the bottom of the league we had nothing to lose just basically go out there and express yourself go and enjoy yourself don't let the occasion pass you by. And I yeah. think we certainly done that in that first game to draw yeah. nil-nil at Stamford Bridge. Obviously, even even in football now, you don't, don't get given another chance if, a, if a, 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 a team out of the lower league draws a big team and, and they get a result, a draw in the first game. Nine times out of ten in the second game, the, the team in the high league always wins wins that replay. Um, yeah. And that's what happened in the Chelsea game and in the, the QPR game. And, um, and obviously, with, with, with the announcement that came afterwards that Ray Clements was going to take over from Gary, yeah, did anybody know anything before the game what was going to happen? Was there a slight inkling at all? Not that I can, not that I can remember. I think okay. it was li- so. Literally after no, literally after the um, 
after the Chelsea game, the nil-nil game, um, we just had a. I think we went back. That's it. We went back to the Swallow Hotel in Waltham Abbey, which is yeah. uh, the Marriott Hotel. We went back there, had a couple of drinks. Um, nothing was said about Ray Clements, and then literally on the Monday morning, I think Monday morning, um, it was announced, and I think I think we played Chelsea on. It might have been on the Wednesday night. I think. Yeah. He literally took over. That was his first game. Yeah. On the um on the Wednesday night against Chelsea. Um, okay. Can't remember who we played after that on the weekend, but. Uh, it was in between. We played. We played. Oh, where are we? Huddersfield. Uh, Huddersfield, did we? Yeah, and I think we either drew nil nil or we lost one nil. But it wasn't. A, it was a bit one of those after the Lord Mayor's show kind of games. Yeah. Well, Huddersfield actually was our first away win that season. Did you realise that we yeah. played Huddersfield away one two one? I think. Yeah, that's right. I think it was. Tony yeah, our scored. Yeah, Tony Finnegan and, and me scored. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, right. So obviously no surprises in the in like the team selection. Obviously Tony Lynch had to come in for for, for Zeke because obviously he couldn't play. Chelsea wouldn't let yeah. him. Um, Sumo yeah. was equal to everything in that first game as well. <clears throat> Did yeah. you sort of sense as well the longer it went on, we might have you know nicked something before your job yeah. late on? Yeah, definitely. I think any I think in any game of football, any level, the longer you're in it against a team in a higher position in a higher league, you like you you it raise you know you you. Gaining confidence, and you the longer it goes on at nil nil or one or whatever, um, yeah, you think there's definitely a chance. Yeah, I, I, I remember thinking in that game as it was going on, bloody hell, we're, we're, we're still nil nil at Stamford yeah. Bridge. Yeah, and if anything can happen, and, Ga- and Gary Phillips made a couple of really good saves from um, Neil Shipley, I think. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, Neil Shipley played up front. Um, yeah. yeah, he made Gary Phillips. Listen, Gary Phillips was a wicked goalie, really good goalie, he was. Um, but yeah, no, like I say, and I had that, I had a header as well in that game that just went over the bar. Maybe yes, should have done yeah, better. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, first yeah, half. Car Reem was well beaten with it as well. If that had yeah, hit the target, yeah. I think that would have been it. Yeah, I should have should have done better with that. Um, well, but then, like I say, that in that last moments of that game, if I'd have just scored that goal, who knows yeah. what would have happened? Yeah. Indeed. And then into the replay, I felt that their fans were just turning on them about thirty minutes in when it was still nil nil, and then I think yeah. it was Gavin Peacock hit that thunderbolt. And yeah. that was kind of it for us that evening, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, there was no way back after that. I no. think they—I can't remember what the score was at half time. Two uh, nil, I think. Was it? Was it two nil? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, when I look back at stuff, I don't really look back at that game. I look back at the nil nil game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more than that one. So I don't—I don't remember too much about the four nil. I just remember, obviously, yeah. That nine times, like, like I just said, nine times out of ten, even football today, you know. Yeah. If you go to a replay against a team in a high league, nine times out of ten, they're going to win the replay. Aren't they? That's right. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's what happened. And being a Spurs fan yourself, someone like yeah. Ray Clements coming in, who had yeah. you know a good career at Liverpool, England and Tottenham, yeah. um, were you excited by it? Um, not the connection? No, not really, if mm-hmm. I'm honest. Um, no, I wanted Gary Phillips to stay as manager. Gary Phillips signed me. Yeah. Even though we were bottom of the league, like I say, our team spirit was really good. We were only losing games by the odd goal. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we played Chelsea in the third round of the FA Cup. We played QPR, and no, I wanted Gary Phillips to stay as manager. Um, but no, he he, he, he took over. Um, and, and to be honest, yeah, when he took over, I won't go into it. But that was the end of my Barnet career. We had a little fallout, and I didn't really play. We brought yeah. in a couple of players in on loan. He brought Terry Gibson in. Yes. Yeah. Um, Terry Gibson um, and who else was it? And yeah, Danny Dicchio. Danny Dicchio, yeah, yeah. loan from QPR. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and I was left. I was left on the on the on the sidelines. And things didn't improve. The team didn't get any better. We still came no. bottom of the league. Yeah. Um, we actually had a couple of bidings in that second part of the season as well. I remember. Um, yeah, Burnley did when we got relegated on Easter Monday, didn't we? Yeah, Burnley and yeah, Burnley. I can't, again, like I say, when I look back at my Barnet career, I don't really look too much into that second part of the season yeah. because I weren't involved. I look, I look in the first part um, up until that Chelsea game. To be honest yeah. with you, and uh, yeah. I, I had a question from from uh, John Errol, which was, did you feel you'd run yourself into the ground as the only credible striking option we had? Which was why uh, Ray left you, kept leaving you out. But I'm guessing, obviously, because of the the disagreement between you was yeah no no he left me out because I had a disagreement with him I had a little fallout with him which is obviously stays you know it's personal I can't go into yeah, no, um, I didn't, I, yeah I had a little I had a little fallout with him um, and that's why he, he dropped me and yeah some, something had happened in my in my private life um, and he, he, he wasn't there to support me basically um, and I, I had a little fallout with him and I, I actually put my private life what was going on before football yeah, and it affected it affected my my it, well, it affected my um, performances on the pitch and in training. I remember I remember going into training sometimes and just my my my, my head weren't there in the, yeah. in the yeah. I was I weren't in the right frame of mind to uh, to even train. Um, and and one and one day I went in to, to, to speak to him about it and it just wasn't um, wasn't very helpful at all or caring at all. No, so we just had a little fallout and that was it. But yeah, moved on from that anyway. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, obviously, I said, mentioned just slightly earlier, Easter Monday, we had the 5 0 thumping at, at Burnley, which obviously confirmed Burnley. the relegation. Was yeah. from that point on, or was it earlier? Could you sort of see that there was already an eye on what was going to happen the following season? Yeah, I, 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 I knew probably a month before the end of the season, I knew that I was going to get released. Yeah. Um, I think I had, I think I was obviously under contract till 1st of July, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, like I say, I, I, I just knew that I was getting released. Um, so I, I was, I was ter- maybe the wrong thing to do. Maybe you, the, 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 well, it is the wrong thing to do. You, should, you know, point to prove you should go in training with a desire to try and get back in the side. But because I'd had a little fallout of him, I knew that there was no chance. So yeah. I sort of was was training maybe at seventy five percent and stuff like that, um, and sit and sitting on the bench for games, and not and not really bothered about getting on. Which is a terrible thing to say, but that's that's how I remember feeling at the time. I, I could be, you know, because of our little fallout. I just wanted to, I just wanted to leave anyway. Um, but while, while listen, while Gary, Gary Phillips was there, I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, and in that first part of the season, I, I felt as though even if maybe they could have extended my contract in that first part of the season, yeah, um, I would have still been there. Who knows? And um, 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 were, were a lot of the guys expecting to be released as well at the end of that season? You know what? I can't. I can't remember. I think a lot of them stayed. Um, I think quite a few of them stayed. To be fair, can't remember, I can't remember who else got released with me. Trying to think. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I think Sean Close did. Did Sean Close? Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Um, Newston and Walker were part of the next year. They stayed there. Gary Smith stayed there. Yeah. Um, Paul he stayed Haylock there. He went, was. I think. Paul Haylock went. Um, Gary Smith stayed there because obviously Gary Smith had that terrible yeah. um, injury at Cardiff. Um, yeah. He stayed there for a couple of more years. Yeah, Tim um, Alexander and Rob Mitchell were there as well. Yeah, they went. They sorry, they stayed there. Yeah, uh, Paul um, Wilson stayed there. I think. Yes, he did. Yeah, um, was there for a few years after. Yeah, Jeff um, Cooper. I suppose. I think. I think quite a lot of them stayed there. Yeah, yeah, there were a few. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, was it? Was there also because obviously Brian Marwood didn't tend to play too much after about Christmas. Right. Yeah. No. I don't I don't know what happened with Brian Marwood. I think he had a fallout as well with. Rachel. I was going to say, think, was there a bit of a fallout? With I think so. Brian, in fact, I forgot about Brian Marwood. Brian Marwood was a really nice guy. He was my he was my roommate. So on away mm-hmm. games, we room, we roomed together. Brian Marwood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really liked Brian Marwood. Showed showed him a lot of respect because of where he'd come from. He'd played yep. at Arsenal previous yes, yep. couple of years. Had a really good career. Yeah, love, lovely man he was, Brian Marwood. And, and I haven't seen him book. since. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen him since 1994. Really? And I was really, uh, honestly, I was, and don't forget I was young. Well, yep. I, was like young. I was 23, 24. Yeah. We, we had a lot of players in that team, old, a lot older than me. We had a, quite a few players in their early 30s and Brian yep. Marwood was one of them. Um, but he was, a, he was a really good pro and a really nice, really nice guy he was. I think if I remember really rightly, him. he does an ambassador work for Manchester City now. Man City, yeah, yeah, no doubt, yeah, yeah, he's at Man City, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I mean to see as well, sort of like the, you know, the club was, you know, struggling for players and everything, and then all of a sudden, someone's class of Brian Marvin signs. You think, wow, it's one of those. Yeah. Sort of you know, pricks your ears. Yeah. Well, that did. I remember that. You said to me about the Ray Clements thing. That didn't. Um, but the Brian Marwood thing, yeah. when, he took, when he came into the club, I was like, yeah, God, wow. <laughs> Even though I was a Spurs fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I was watching him on telly a couple of seasons before that and stuff. You know, yeah. so it was good to play with him. And then after that, you drifted into non-league. I mean, Wikipedia shows you had four or five clubs in a year and then two more after that. Did you find it a bit hard yeah. to... Yeah, I, in, when I, when I left Barnet, um, yes. I went on trial at Colchester with yeah. um, George Burley when he was yeah. manager. Nothing materialised there. Went on trial at Leighton Orient when Chris Turner and um, John Sitton were in yeah. charge. I was actually in the changing room that day. You know that famous clip, bring your dinner and all that on Talk Sport yeah. show. I was <laughs> in the changing room that day. Yeah. Um, not not playing I was like just there on trial so I was standing away from it in the yeah. tracksuit or whatever went on trial there but again just a little bit unlucky really wrong t- wrong place wrong time um, Leighton Orient were in absolute time, time all at the time yeah. um, I think they I think they actually Chris Turner offered me a little contract £100 a week which I turned down um, yeah. I drifted into like I say and then I drifted into non-league yeah. with Sutton, Sutton United first of all Yeah. Um, scored a few goals there and then Went and had a meeting with um, Dave Cusack, who was manager of Dagenham Redbridge. Yeah. Met him in the met him in the Swallow Hotel in uh, Waltham Abbey. Yeah. Um, and signed for Dagenham. Okay. So went there, um, signed f- with them for a season, um, and again, end, end of that season, Dave Cusack got uh, got sacked. Um, yeah. Another guy came in as manager. I can't remember his his name, but they had to get some players off the wage bill, so I got released from there. Okay. And then I just drifted from club to club for about two seasons. Bulldog yeah. Town, um, I think Bulldog Town, uh, what was the other one? Owlsbury for a little while. Yeah. Um, and then I, it wasn't until I was about 28, 29, I settled again for a couple of seasons playing for Fisher Athletic. Yeah, that's right. Played there, which I really enjoyed, Fisher Athletic. Really, really enjoyed. Um, but while I was playing non-league football, I was thinking beyond football. Now, now I'm thinking beyond football. I'm not, yeah. I weren't even thinking get back into playing football full time I was thinking life after football um, so while I was while I was playing non-league football I started doing the knowledge ah. um, yeah it t- took me two and a half years to do the knowledge yeah um, and yeah and here I am today I'm a black cab driver um, which you know nothing to be proud of now because this completely changed um, and with what's going on up there it's you know, hard to make a living um, but I've been doing it I've been driving a black cab in London for 22 years 
Blimey. Um, wow. Yeah, well, I wasn't expecting you. I was expecting you to say a few years, but not 20. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 And I've been, I've been driving a cab since uh, 1998. Wow. Yeah. And I, so I, I gave, and I literally, when I got my badge in 1998, yeah. this was another schoolboy era. I, yeah. I gave up, I gave up football for two, three years. Ah. Gave, gave up. Um, yeah. And, but then in 2001, I started playing for my local team. I moved, we moved up to um, Hoddesdon in Hertfordshire. Yeah. Yeah, and I started playing again for my local team called Where Where yeah. FC. Yeah, we're in the Isthmian League now. Um, they are, and the only, the only reason I started playing is because at the time my son Harley, now who's twenty four, yeah, and who plays for Cockfossers, um, he was five years old, and he'd seen my scrap. I've, I've kept a scrapbook from the age of ten. Everything I've got, everything. <laughs> so he'd seen everything, but yeah. they'd, they'd never seen me play. So I went and played for a season up at Where. Um, eighteen thirty-two, really, you got. Yeah, yeah, I scored eighteen goals. Really mm. enjoyed it. And funny enough, Harley Harley has played for Ware since as well. Yeah. A couple of years ago, he played for Ware and he scored a couple of goals for them. Um, and they they made a little thing about it on the on their website about. Oh, brilliant! Um, about me scoring and yeah. Harley's got Harley's got to score another fifteen goals to catch up with his dad or something like that. <laughs> yeah, which was quite funny. Um, brilliant. So yeah, and then and then, and then again after that, I played one season at Ware. Mm-hmm. And then because I was working nights in the cab, yeah, and, and earning quite good money to be fair back then, I just put all my eggs in one basket and I gave up football at the age of 31, 32, literally gave up, um, which again was another mistake. Really. I wish I'd have carried on. Yeah. Um, because you never know, I could have gone into to, to the coaching side of things and whatever. Did that kind of interest you going to go coaching or not really? Not re- not really at the time, but in recent years I have been, I have done it from so my son Harley from yeah. from from the age of him being under tens up to eight under sixteens under seventeens. I've been his manager for local teams at Margaretsbury, yeah, um, and a couple of about 2011-2012 feet season. I was his manager for Grays Athletic under sixteens for two okay. seasons. Yeah, yeah, um, but then. Nothing since, but but now now help out with my little twelve year olds uh, local team. Um, but yeah, not it, it didn't cross my mind, or it wasn't an ambition of mine to yeah. go into um, managing uh, full time back then. Okay. Um, but who knows if I'd have stayed playing football, things falling, you know, things just happened today, and, yeah. and it might it, it might have happened. It might have materialised. I might have. You know, I might have changed my mind. I might have got to the age of, say, 34, 35. I might have still been playing, which I think I might have been because I've kept looked after myself even now. Um, and, you know, I might have, you never know. I might have ended up becoming player-manager somewhere like where or, well, you know, one of my local teams. Local clubs, yeah. So how has the last sort of few months, as you mentioned, obviously being the cabbie and that, how's that yeah. changed quite a lot for you in that time? Well, in terms of work and stuff. Yeah, in terms of sort of the last few months, you know. With oh, 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 so, oh, it's awful. Um, for the first, for, so going back to March, first yeah. for the first three months, I was at home like everyone else, lockdown. Yeah. Um, gave my I only, I've rented my cab for twenty two years from different okay. various people. Yeah. Um, cab went back to the garage, um, and literally was just going out for runs and walks every morning with no one around. It was beautiful. The weather was yeah. nice, wasn't it? As yeah. everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. And then just going back, sitting in the garden, sunbathing and doing all the DIY around the house and stuff. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've been back in the cab a couple of, a couple of months now since, yeah. since mid July, yeah. only part time. Yeah. Um, but the only reason I've gone back is because I've started renting my taxi from someone else right. and he's give it to me at a yeah. snip. 
Okay. A slip, literally at a slip, a quarter of the price of it, what it should be. Yeah. Because he's got he's got so many cabs at the garage, he just wants them back out on the road and like yeah. basically giving drivers the opportunity to go and test the water, see what it's like. But I've only been going I've only been going up there part time because there's just not enough work up there. I was gonna say, how actually is it in London? Because I mean no, I've, been up, I've been up a couple yeah. of times on the tube to the hive to watch the playoff game. Um yeah. you know, and I've never seen the tube that dead on a Saturday afternoon. Exactly. Well, yeah. there's little there's little pockets of London that you go yeah. up there. I was up there Saturday. Little it was quite busy Saturday to be fair. The sun was there. Little pockets of areas where you think, well, this looks no no different. But then you'll yeah. go down into places like the Haymarket, Theatreland, and all around there. And in yeah. the city, especially in the city, yeah. I mean, the city's a ghost town. It's all shut. There's nothing going on. And I I keep saying, you know, I, in my opinion, well, it's a fact. London won't pick up until next summer, without doubt. Until until all the tourists start coming over, yeah. and until all the all the people that are working from home go back to work. Which the message they're, they're sending out messages now about if you can still work from home, work from home. So that all these people working from home are going to carry on working from home. In my mm. opinion, until ne- until next year. My bro- my brother-in-law is one, and my brother is another one. They both work in the city. They're working yeah. from home till next year. Um, that's two family members yeah um, do you sort of so, fear yeah. for the cab trade itself but you know, yeah I do not just because of this because of what's been going on over the last five six years with Uber and stuff yeah it's had a, it's had a massive effect on us um, if I if I if I could do something help else tomorrow and never go in London again I would take it right now really that's, that's, yeah 100% okay. yeah yeah and that, that's the way this this trade's gone Unfortunately, over the last last few years, I would still I would still keep my badge. I would still renew my my license every three years, yeah. and I would still maybe go up there part time. Um, and listen, London will pick up, but it's going to take a long time. Um, so I've been I've been looking um, to try and get another job and stuff, but it's very difficult. Yeah. Moment, all I've ever all I've ever done is play football and drive a drive a cab. Drive a cab, yeah. Yeah, so it's been difficult. And I think as well, obviously, you know, there's a lot of jobs being shed everywhere as well. That there's so many people going for just one mm. opening. You've got a lot of competition. Whatever you want to try and do. Exactly. I mean, I, I know about. I've got loads of tax, loads of cab driver friends, literally loads. And mm. I think it's eight or nine of my friends have have packed it in they're not going back to it they've gone back to doing what they yeah honestly that's just eight people I know they've gone back to doing what they were doing before and some of them are lucky enough to be able to do that they've been in the building game and stuff like that yeah Um, so they can go back to doing you know something different Um, but yeah now I I think the statistics said the other day there's 24,000 black cabs in London which I knew yeah I knew that anyway and there's only I think there's only 2,000 of us that have gone back at the moment no, I mean, that is such yeah. a that. I mean, that says a lot in itself, doesn't it? In yeah. How, yeah. You know, how, how is this yeah. going? Yeah. 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 Brilliant. No, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kelly, for taking a little bit of time out. Sorry for those of you that uh, couldn't see the rest of the video from Kelly. He's sitting in his black cab, as you saw at the very beginning. Um, yeah. So he will be off to work in a little while. Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm actually not going in today. No, oh, you're I'm not? Gonna, oh, okay. No, 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 I'm going to do a little bit more DIY, DIY around the house and stuff. Uh, okay. There we go, that's the joys. Um, the joys of helping out get back into work.